Well, this we built up this Sunday uh, for almost two months now, I think, giving God your best. Giving God your best. Is he worthy of your best? Amen. Amen. You know, I even tell young men and women uh, getting a job or something, you know, how many of you know you sign your work every day? You can do a half hazard job. Some of y'all caught that. Or you can, uh, you can, uh, you know, go ahead and do it right the first time, right? Amen. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, again, I, whatever I'm doing, if it's mowing the yard or whatever, or weed eating, whatever, we need, I hate weed eating. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I still try to, you know, do the best job I can because I don't want to have to go back and do it again, right? So uh, giving God your best. You know, I, I read a portion of our text today. A couple of weeks ago, and I, several weeks ago, and I invited you all to be thinking about praying about what God would have you give into the building fund. And to my knowledge, uh, this is the first time, uh, maybe early on in the ministry, we did this a couple of times, but first time, and let me say in a long time, we've done something like that because we just, again, uh, believe God. We've got mature Christians here, but we also want to open it up for other people that may be getting blessed literally around the world and give them a chance also. But, uh, Again, it's just a, I've asked you to pray, seek God, and I know you have, and some of you have even called me and told me that. So anyway, we're going to, at the end of this service today, we're going to take up an offering and uh, see what happens. Amen? So let the Lord touch your heart today as we preach uh, to you. Uh, Let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 in your Bibles if you want to uh, hold that there, or we'll also uh, read it here on the screen here in just a, a little bit. In this particular uh, text, there's a lot going on here. David's about to die, about to pass on the kingdom to Solomon, his son, and God is not going to allow David to build the temple because he was a man of war. And he wants, he wants uh, Solomon. He, you know, Nathan the prophet, I think, in a few chapters earlier, has met and talked with God and said David will not be building the house, but he's going to get the preparations ready. And so as we read down through, we're going to find what David did. We're going to find what his leaders did, and then we're going to find what the, what the people did. But before we do that, I want to say there's a scripture, too, uh, in, in actually uh, the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I believe it is, uh, verse 1 through 3, that says, We want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, arousing in them the desire to give alms. For in the midst of an ordeal of severe tribulation, their abundance, everybody say abundance, of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed. Did you catch the two contrasts there? Their abundance of joy and yet the depth of their poverty. They were not necessarily living uh, high on the hog. I guess, we, can we say that? <laughs> That's a, kind of an old country boy term. But they were, they were even going through some poverty times, but they still kept honoring God and giving to God. Uh, Here it says, it's overflowed of lavish generosity on their part. Now here's the key scripture, for as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability, yes and what? Beyond. Everybody say beyond. Beyond their ability. If there's anything I was going to give to beyond my ability, what do you think it might be? 
to God. Amen? To God. Hallelujah. Because he's the one that has blessed me with everything that I have anyway. And then I like this last word, too. And they did it how? Voluntarily. They didn't need a preacher or someone twisting their arm. They did it because uh, they understood it. They, quote, got it, didn't they? And uh, so they gave according to their ability and beyond their ability, and they also did it voluntarily. So let's, uh, let's dive off in here and read. This is going to be 16 verses, but I think it's very important that we read uh, at least that portion of this text today. There's a lot more towards the end, but First Chronicles 29, verse number 1. And King David said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young, tender, and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the palace is not to be for me, but for the Lord God. Did we catch that? All right. Verse 2. So I have provided with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, as well as onyx or beryl stones, stones to be set, stones of antimony, stones of various colors, and all the sorts of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Everybody go, wow. Wow. It's going to be beautiful, isn't it? Do you realize... Uh, Building the temple of God, Solomon's temple, they call it. It's really God's house. It was built for God, right? I don't know why we call it Solomon's temple. I call it God's house. It's where there's a place for God to dwell, although we know that even Solomon said the heavens and heavens cannot contain. How many know you can't put God in just one little house? <laughs> He's everywhere. But anyway, we call it Solomon's temple because he was the, the, the chief builder over it. But in, in dollars today, it would be $20 billion plus to build the temple that they built. Good news for y'all. Ours is not going to cost that much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Is that the good news here today? Amen. But anyway, David, it was really strong in his heart to build this temple for God. He said, I, I live in a nice house. He had built a nice mansion and place, and he said, I want to build a nice house for God so we can put the ark in there. And anyway, back, back to the text here. I stop and preach, and then I get to thinking about things. Moreover, because I have set my affections on the house of my God. Look at, I underlined that in my Bible. I have what? Set my affection on the house of my God. In addition to all I have prepared for the holy house, I have a private treasure of gold and silver, which I give for the house of my God. It's not just what's come in and what money has come into the kingdom, but I have my own personal investment in this deal. It is 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophar, 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house. Gold for the uses of gold, silver for the uses of silver, and for every work to be done by craftsmen. Now who will offer willingly to fill his Hand and consecrate it today to the Lord, like one consecrating himself to the priesthood. That's woo. That's that's a consecration, is it not? That's that's quite a, an investment. Then the chiefs of the fathers and princes of all the tribes of Israel, and the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with, with the rulers of the king's work, offered willingly. 
and gave for the service of the house of God of gold, 5,000 talents, 10,000 uh, derricks of silver, 10,000 talents of bronze, 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave. Then the treasury of the house of the Lord in the, in the, uh, the clock's in the way back there, uh, of Jehiel the Gerishonite. Then the people rejoiced, and because these had given willingly, for with a whole and blameless heart they had offered freely to the Lord, King David also rejoiced greatly. Verse 10, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly and said, Be praised, adored, and thanked the Lord, the God of Israel, our forefather forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and yours it is to be exalted as head over all. Now this prayer right here, listen to it, please. This is one of the greatest prayers, one of the greatest heartfelt prayers in the entire Old Testament, I believe. David is giving what? Glory and praise to God. Here they've brought all this stuff. He's not praising himself. He's not praising the people. Who's he praising? God, the one who gave it to all of them and to begin with, right? So really listen, really, really focus in on this prayer. I'm going to back up. Let's start with verse 10. It starts right there. We're going to read those two again. Therefore, David blessed the Lord for all the assembly and said, Here it is. Be praised, adored, and thanked, O Lord, the God of Israel, our forefather forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is whose? Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and yours it is to be exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hands are power and might. In your hands it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you. And we praise your glorious name and those attributes which that name denotes. Ooh, I like that. Praise God. But who am I and what are my people that we should retain strength and be able to offer thus so willingly for all things come from you and out of your own hand we have given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were and our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no hope of expecting of remaining. That brings it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, our days are like a shadow. You're a big God. You've been around forever. Oh, Lord, our God, all this store that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name and the token of your presence comes from your hand and all is your own. How many times did he say that? Four or five right there, didn't he, in those verses. So anyway, a powerful, powerful, heartfelt prayer. Anybody ever prayed a real sincere, heartfelt prayer to God? Amen. Yeah, just out of the depths. You know, when I was a youth pastor years ago, that was one of the things that, that young people struggled with was praying. And I remember struggling with that too as a young man. I was a quiet young man uh, there in Hollis, Oklahoma. And I remember, uh, you know, struggling. In fact, if the teacher in the little Sunday school class would ask me to pray, I'd go, you know, type, not not me. You know, call Ricky or, or or Wines or one of the other guys there. And uh, so anyway, it, it's something that we struggled with. But you know, over the years, uh, man, you you learn that you can just talk to God like you do your best friend. Is that how you talk to him? 
like your best friend. Oh, Father, and, and more than that, really, it's, it's an adoration. It's, a, it's out of the, the, your innermost being. It's from way down deep in your soul when you're really locked in. You know what I'm talking about? We've all prayed those throw them up, stick them on the wall type prayers before. But when you're really lost in the Holy Spirit, oh, from the depths of your soul, you cry out to God. So he's praying this prayer. And so today, let's jump into this. The first thing we want to look at is the purpose of the house of God. God tells us in verse 1 that it's not for me, but for who? It's for you, God. This building stands here as a testimony of God. Someone back in the 1990s built this building. They had a dream and a plan for this, for this church. And they went through the same thing that we are going through right now, getting funds together, planning, organizing, uh, laying out the, the foundation, getting the walls where they, they wanted them and everything. So it, it's a place we're going to find out uh, for people to come together. Uh, but number one, the, the primary purpose is for some worship. Jesus uh, said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer and worship and praise to him. Number two, it's for instruction in God's word. There's a lot of word goes out of this place. Every Wednesday, every Sunday, and then every other Tuesday, the word of God, instruction, raising up uh, generals and giants to, to advance the kingdom of God in the future. Three, mobilization or mobilizing for ministry. It's a central place to meet, to come together, plan and organize. Now, I've told you before, I love home Bible studies as well, but sometimes you can't, you can only get so many people in your home, right? And so the church is a place where more can come. We can mobilize and, and get out into the highways and hedges and bring more and more. And that's actually the last point, evangelizing the world, right? We go to Africa. We go to India. We, uh, you know, it, it's the go ye instead of the oh me. <laughs> and I'm thankful that Bev and I were privileged to go. And I've been to Mexico. And Golda has been representing us well on some of these trips. So, yes. We have a purpose here at the house, right? It's not just to do this for, for our glory or for any other thing. This is not a man-centered project. It's a God-centered project. Can you say amen? You know, uh, and I want to say this today. I almost skipped over it. Buildings don't change lives, but what happens inside them does. Hallelujah. Buildings don't change life. They're just here. They're just a tool, just like this chair. It's just a tool. This piano, the microphone, those are all just tools to advance the, the, the kingdom of God. But they do not change lives at all. But what happens inside here? How many has been changed inside a, a building, a church? Amen. It changes your life forever and ever. And I've seen, you know, uh, preachers sometimes get off into a, a, a crazy... Uh, building program. I've, I've been around long enough to, to see a lot of things happen in life where you, you, you put something too big out there in front of the people and it drains their finances and it's constantly appealing. Anybody ever, I mean, know what I'm talking about. It just, and, and we're going we're gonna to be good stewards here and do this the correct way as we move through this season. Let's look at verse 9. One of the, one of the key uh, scriptures here is they rejoiced because they had given what? Willingly. Is that important? We don't want to coerce. We don't want to force. We don't want to uh, manipulate. 
we don't want to control uh, people's giving. Uh, I don't think uh, in 17, nearly 18 years of ministry, I've never went up to somebody and tried to twist their arm to give. Have I? Anybody out there as pastor ever beat you up and say, boy, you need to give? No, that, that's between you and God. We pray over you. We pray that you will get it because when you, quote, get it, when you understand the, the giving principle, man, you, you never want to go back, right? You never want to go back to living on 100%. You want to give God some of that percentage. So, again, just uh, uh, they, they had given willingly, and the word rejoiced. I like that word. If you look that up in the Hebrew, it means to brighten up. How many of you can give rejoicing? brightening up man just on your countenance just you know you don't put it in the plate just like mm, 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 no you put it in freely willingly and you rejoice paul paul even said something about that didn't he he said give how cheerfully how many can smile and give hallelujah me too thank you lord thank you lord so uh King David, you know, he kind of started the giving. We noticed, and I, I like this pattern. God gave me an amount to give uh, probably two months ago. And uh, I have the check here in my pocket today. So I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not going to do first. Amen. And then the leaders, those that were all of his captains of the hosts and different ones, they gave. And then if you read that verse that we read earlier, then the people gave what they could. And together, man... It was something, wasn't it? Did you read all of the all of the stuff that came together, all the stones and the gold and the silver and the iron and the bronze and all of this stuff? It was powerful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So number two, we're going to go into this. I like this part. I mentioned it, alluded to it a little bit earlier. God is over everything. Did you catch that in the scripture there? Everything comes from you. He said it not once, but twice, or three, or four times. Everything comes from you and out of your hand. God gives resources that are man's to administrate. Let me understand this. I think we need to, to get this. Everything I have been blessed with is not mine. It's God's. I'm just the caretaker of it. And I try to do a good job. You know, I've always preached that. If, if You know, if you... God blesses you with, you with a house and the porch needs fixing and the paint needs putting on. Do it. Amen. God's blessed you with that. You know, make it look good. You know, I, my first car that I had was a 49 Chevy with six-cylinder and a three-speed on the column. Are you with me? Gave $75 for it. Tires were bald. Paint was terrible. But, you know, I began fixing on that thing. Got me some tires. Got me some baby moon hubcaps. Man, we dolling that thing up. I learned how to make it peel out in first gear by riding the clutch a little bit. You know, type, type thing. And, man, I, uh, I, I thought I was in tall cotton, you know. And then I went off on wheat harvest and came back and moved from a 49 model to a 67 Chevy. No, 62 Chevy the first time with a 283. Man, I was... <clears throat> Look out, man. Here we are. Praise God. But if you take care of what God's blessed you with, he will continue to do that. That's a, a private, well, not a private, but that's a word for somebody today. Take care of it. Polish it up. Keep it looking good. You know, we need to uh, realize this. Uh, 
God gives re- these resources, and we need to take care of them. I call it stewardship 101. Is that it? Stewardship 101, learning how to manage what God has blessed me with. He's given it to me to bless other people, hadn't he? And then I give, and he gives, and here, here we go. It's just, it's just ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Praise God. God blesses us. We pour it out. Praise God. When we give back to him, we are doing nothing more than opening our hands and allowing God to use and multiply what really belongs to him. We're giving it back to God, aren't we? Lord, use this to bless my brother. Lord, use this to bless my sister. Hallelujah. That, that's exactly what we are doing. And, I, and I, I read a story the other day as I was preparing for this. Actually, I was down in Corpus Christi, and I saw this. And I really like it. There was a, it's a story of a, a man and his son. And I'm going to call it the French fry story, okay? Can you all remember that? The French fry story. So here he is. Uh, many years ago, my son John was very young, and I took him to McDonald's. And I bought him some French fries. How many like McDonald's French fries? I used to tell my girls when they were little, I'd take them. You know, it was a big thing to get to go to McDonald's. And I'd say, keep your eyes on your fries because Dad's, Dad's going to grab one of them boogers. Amen? So while sitting together enjoying each other's company, I idly reached over to take some of John's French fries. Much to my surprise, John pulled the fries back and said, no. These are mine. I was startled. And then I began to reflect on what just took place. I thought three things which I want to share with you. First, I thought John doesn't have any idea that I am the source for those French fries. I went up to the counter. I pulled out the money and I paid for those fries. The reason he has those fries is because of me. Second... Not only am I the source, but John doesn't realize that I have the power, being his dad, that if I want to, I can reach over and take those fries from him. Or I could go to the counter and buy $50 worth of French fries and tell them to bury John in French fries. John doesn't realize that I can either take away what he has or I can bury him under a mountain of fries. And third, John doesn't understand that I really don't need his French fries. If I want to, I can buy some fries for myself. He says, as I reflected on this little incident with John, I realized that I really didn't want John's French fries as much as I wanted John's willingness to share them with me. There you go. Now we're preaching, huh? Now you don't relate to that story, God uses God takes us to McDonald's as if it as I can't read this morning. Here we go. Can we dial it in a little bit? Uh, God takes us to McDonald's as it were. He's blessed us. He's given us French fries. They come in different forms, and some have more than others. But He's given all of us French fries. And God was down. At, man, and God sits down as it were to fellowship with us, and He realizes. Over, he reaches over for some French fries. We pull back away, and we say, no, these are mine. Does that happen? I'm, I'm done with that. 
That's the reason I don't preach from an iPad. <laughs> All right, right there, the very, very reason. But do you, do you catch the story here today? It's in God's power, is it not? Everything he owns. You know, as a kid, you learn, I think Grandma or somebody said, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Anybody ever heard that term? And he, it's in his hand to bless you. But he, a lot of the things he blesses us with is, again, just a test to see if we're going to use it for his glory and bless others or we're going to hold on to it, cling it, can it, keep it, you know, and, 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 and watch it dissolve before our very eyes. So very important. You know, in verse 15 that we read a while ago really brings this into perspective. I believe it says we are just aliens and strangers in your sight. We're just a shadow. We are totally dependent on him. Paul said in Acts 17, verse number 28, In you, I live, I move, and I have my being. Hear me today. You would not be here today if God didn't want you to be here. You would not be, even be alive today. Hallelujah. In him, I live, I move, and I have my being. You know, I, I couldn't move without him. Couldn't, I, should, I, get, I must get to the place where I can't do anything without him, but through him, as Paul said, I can do all things. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40, verse number 29, says this, and I, I think I actually quoted this at the end of the prayer time a while ago when we were talking about waiting. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Here it is, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Yes, I move in him. Amen. He does renew my strength. For an old man, some days I have to pray longer than others, right? There's some days when my body doesn't want to move. But I tell you, body, you're going to move. Pam I think told us this morning as she was coming in, the enemy attacked her and didn't, you know, with, with some kind of little thing there. And she said, I'm going to the house of God today. Hallelujah. You're not going to stop me. You heard me say it a lot. I don't ask my body how it feels. I tell it. Body, you feel good today. Hallelujah. You feel good today. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. So in him I do live. I move and I have my being. I should want to give my best to the one who gave his all for me. Amen. Oh, Shababa. Let that get down in your spirit today. Wow. Where's our priorities? Where's our priorities? I want to give God my very best. Not just on giving God your best Sunday, but every day. Amen. Praise God. You know, there's two kinds of givers. There's the have-tos and the want-tos, right? They feel obligated. The have-tos feel obligated to give. It's like a task or duty to them. They give it begrudgingly. And then there's the want-tos. And that's some of y'all. I see it. You want to. You understand the blessings of God. You understand the, the joy that comes with giving. It is still more blessed to give than to receive. Hallelujah. You know... We're faced with a daunting task. Can I use that word, daunting? It's a daunting task of building or finding a church for this body of believers, for House of Restoration Church. It is daunting. It's overwhelming if we look at it in the, in the natural. But again, 
I have no doubt, God is faithful. Amen? Woo! Yes, yes, God is faithful. I look back at the last 17 and a half years, so believe me, there's no worry here. I'm honest. There's no fear here. There's no worry. There's no fear. Because I know God has got this. Number three, we're hurrying. What time is it? Well, the clock's gone now. I've got one right here. The commitment, number three, to a vision. Somebody said, don't worry about it, Pastor. Uh, does, it, <laughs> does it take this? That was me, probably. Uh, commitment to a vision. Does it take this, church? A commitment to a vision. Verse 19, we read it a while ago. The word wholehearted desire stands out to me. And the second thing is do everything necessary. David is praying over Solomon here, and he knew it would take a lot. You know, as, as, I, as I stand here as, a, as an older man, I'm not going to say old, but as older man, uh, the torch is going to be passed to, to, a younger, to a younger crowd here at some point. How many understand that? The torch is going to be passed, and, and we want to lay a good foundation. We want to lay a good, good foundation for the next Generation. We want to teach them and train them how to be good stewards of God's money, how to uh, manage and administrate and, and uh, a church. And God has the right person at the right time. David was facing this very same thing. It's amazing, two Davids here facing the same, same thing. But uh, he was encouraging him in this, in this prayer here. He's praying over him. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some wholehearted desire, and it's going to take everything necessary Emmy's ever I, don't, I know Bev has I well I walked one 3k or something but she's done a full marathon and several half marathons you know marathons at the start a lot of them start off like a rabbit don't they that would be me probably seriously unless I had really trained for it but there's a lot of people that start the race they get the excitement of oh we're gonna have a new church but I mean you know it's gonna take perseverance and determination, and a lot more than that, amen, to, to finish, finish the race of putting the last stone or the last blade of grass on the property. And we stand back and go, whoo, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have done. You know, it's, it's, it's a matter of us, again, getting that wholehearted desire and determination. You know, I, I have a poem that I, it's, it hangs uh, actually there in, in, in my bathroom and uh, I memorized that poem year, probably 30 years ago it's a, it's, the name of it is If by Rudyard Kipling I don't know if you've ever read that poem or had to memorize it when you're in high school but uh, I think I was in college when I actually memorized it but there's four different stanzas, stanzas of it but one part of it I really like it. it says if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew that's he was writing this back in the 1700s that's your muscles if you can force your heart your nerves and your muscles to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except what the will which says to them hold on hallelujah force your body force your mind force everything to keep holding on push that foot one more time Go one more step. Amen. Keep moving forward. 
towards the goal. I'm convinced that a lot of people don't ever reach their level in the place where God wants them to be because somewhere along the way they don't force themselves. They don't the will. They don't will. Can I use that word? They don't will themselves to do the the extra, the, the whatever it takes to get to the goal. My eye is on a prize. Amen. Praise God. Paul said, I, I'm running towards it. Amen. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I'm pouring myself into ministry. Amen. Because I understand the season and the time that we are in this country. Are you with me? And this world. There's a lot of work to be done in the kingdom of God. So wholehearted and do everything necessary. Lastly, number four. After the people had given... To God, They came together, and you know what they did? They worshiped God. Let's stand together today as we're, we're getting ready to kind of come to a, a conclusion here. You know, if you look at the word worship, and I've, I know I've shared this with you before. If you read this verse, verse 20, I'm going to have her put it up there if she doesn't mind. Then David said to the whole assembly, give praise to the Lord your God. And the entire assembly praised the Lord the God of their ancestors, and here it is, they bowed low and they knelt before the Lord and the King. There are seven different types of worship. Barak is this one right here. When you're kneeling and you're bowing before God. I don't know how long it's been since you knelt or bowed before God, but here in a moment we're going we're gonna to close this surf, service out with just some worship of God. If you feel like kneeling, Barak, and worshiping God and bowing yourself low and exalting his name. That's a form of worship that we, uh, we, we can experience. Amen. And, and then some of them perhaps were in the Todah area. They were in the Todah, extending their hands and worship. Oh, I love that, don't you? Raising your hands in worship and praise to God. And then Shabbat. It was a loud shout. Uh, a loud shout to the Lord. Anybody ever worship God that way? So, amen, here in a moment, we're going we're gonna to receive this offering, and then we're going to just go into some worship and thanking God for the investment that's been planted in the future of this church today. And then we're just going to worship God. The last thing they did was Zamar. That's praising with instruments. Hallelujah. We're just going to praise him on these instruments and let him know thank you God we give you our best today we give you our worship we give you our offering to you to build this house of God praise God hallelujah hallelujah I'm going to ask Joe and Terry to step back there and grab those two offering baskets there on the corner and then come up here and just stand before this congregation today hallelujah this is the time when you can put your tithe or your check in some of you have already done it on Givelify. And Bev, I asked her this morning about 9 o'clock what the total was so far. And so far, those that have given online, this was as of 9 o'clock. If you've given since then, it is not included in this. It was $5,715 given into the building fund. Give the Lord a big hand clap. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I don't know what God has laid on your heart to give. I pray that you have sought him and he's given you a figure to place in this offering. If you don't have your money right now, God has placed a figure in your heart.
heart and you don't have it with you today, you can either do it on Givelify, you can do it uh, later. Uh, it's never too late, uh, uh, even January. I know some people it's the holiday season, but if, if you are going to give something to God, and you don't have it today, but you have the figure in your mind, I want you to just take a, pic a piece of paper and write that figure and place it in the, the offering receptacle today. These guys, there's some paper in there and uh, we will count it as a pledge that you've made to God and uh, it's between you and God from that moment on you're not going to get any phone calls from us every month saying uh oh I didn't pay last month it's it's a commitment to God today so Father God thank you thank you for all your blessings God for me and my family in this church I look back over my life I see your faithfulness at every turn. Well, there's been times in my life as a youth pastor in Ardmore, Oklahoma, just barely surviving. God, I never went hungry. David said it well. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. You have been faithful. So today, this is a special day to me. God, as we've preached about all the resources are in your hand and you give them into, you give them these resources into our hands and then what we do with it determines our outcome our response our response to what you give to us is so critical and so important we can hold on to it or we can give a little bit we can give a little bit more or we can give a whole lot bountifully and watch you bless us so we can bless more Lord I thank you praise you today for this principle God you didn't have to as we listened to the story of the french fries it's all yours it's all yours but today Lord God I thank you for this time together Lord as you move upon hearts I just acknowledge you and I praise you today Amen. I'm going to drop this in. And then if you'll go around and, and uh, take the offering, gentlemen, this morning. Sheila, sing us a song while they're, while they're uh, doing that. When you're through, uh, take that back there to Bev. Are you available to count that or John? Okay, take it over to Bev. She will count it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you.
to me today than anything else. You're here today, and I haven't really laid my life down. God's goodness is running after you. He's chasing after you. He wants you to know Him. He has a plan for your life. And you'll never be happy. You'll never be fulfilled until you're doing His plan. You're walking in His plan. Please today, allow the Holy Spirit to yield. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit today. I want to lay my life down for Jesus. Anyone, just slip your hand up. We wait just a moment. I, I've kind of been half-hearted at this thing, and I want to really lay my life down for God. I want to make it count. I understand today after this message, Pastor, that everything I have, everything I ever will be, is because of you, God. And I want to lay my life down. Anybody? All right. Thank you, Lord. That was the first order of business today was give someone a chance. Love this song, The Goodness of God. I've been blessed, haven't you? Hallelujah. Have there been some bumps in the road? Yeah. That's where I learned some stuff. Learned a lot about who I am and who he is. Thank you, thank you. What a powerful, powerful presence here today. You have something for us here? I'll let you announce it. You're the treasurer, right? This is insane. This is God. Okay, what were we, what did we start at 51 something? 57. 57 already pledged to give in. Does anyone want to guess? <laughs> okay, first of all, someone put in a lottery ticket that will be drawn on Tuesday. Like Billions, millions, we don't know. God, God's in control of that one, so we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Can't win it if you don't buy the ticket. Okay. 31000 975. That is exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask. Imagine. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My little peanut brain had 25,000. <laughs> God always does that, though, doesn't he? God always does that. Thank you. Thank you, every one of you today. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. I don't know what to say. I'm in, I'm in awe of God. <laughs> Shout it out to him if you want to. Bow and bend the knees, whatever you want to do, but let God know. Lord, we thank you.
all my life. You've been faithful, God. Your goodness has run after me. It's chasing me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Lord, I bless these today. Some of them have given sacrificially. I have no doubt, God, that you're going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon them. I speak that as their pastor today, Lord. They've given beyond their ability. They've given willingly. And just like 1 Chronicles 29, Father God, I just speak it forth over their families, over their businesses, their homes. Lord God, I thank you. For your blessings, God, that's going to rain down upon them because of their generosity here today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. And uh, again, just uh, my, it's been a great day, hasn't it? Hallelujah. Giving God your best. Look out. Hallelujah. Woo! One more time, on a count of three, let's go out with a praise the Lord. One, two, three. Praise the Lord!